You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vincent Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello, welcome to the Comic Book Informer Podcast. This is Raj coming to you on the 9th of July. And with me, Vince, of course. Before we get into the discussion for the week, have you mailed my Mikasa pillow? Body pillow? <laughs> Listen, uh, apparently the going price for an anime sex pillow is $35. And that's you don't just the love case. me that much? So, yeah, it was a little outside of my budget for you. It would have been funny as hell, though. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> In all fairness, I did try to get you another uh, nice piece of artwork, but uh, Kari Andrews was sold out of his Iron Fist prints. Oh, that would have been awesome. I know. I was very disappointed. So you went to, that's the Florida, what's it called again? At Florida Supercon. Supercon, that's what I thought. How was it? It was, uh, they moved it to a new venue this year, so it was so much better. Tons more space. The exhibition hall was gigantic like oh my god i the way the scheduling worked out i spent pretty much all day saturday running from panel to panel like to see cool stuff and then sunday there were four things i really wanted to do that all happened at the exact same time Ah. (laughs) but then i had like the entire day sunday to just walk around and i barely saw everything in the entire day sunday so it was huge and uh a lot of a lot of cool uh Exhibitors there, like I said, Curry Andrews was the highlight for me. That dude is talented. Oh, yeah. Because you know the artists, they'll do their little commissions at the booths. Well, he wasn't drawing. He had his ink set, and he was doing all of his stuff in black and white watercolor. Wow. Like right there on the spot. Like no sketching pre-hand, beforehand. Just bust out. Like he did this Spider-Man painting in like 10 minutes. <laughs> it was ridiculous. That was, and you didn't get yourself one. I, I I can't afford custom commissions. Oh, okay. Well, how much was he charging, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, I don't know how much he was charging, but most artists are in the 40 to 80 range, depending yeah. on, you know, what you're looking for. Some of them are even more than that. Man, that sounds awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Anything else interesting? Yeah, there was some cool stuff there. Um, specific, like, uh, one of the reasons I decided, like, I was on the fence about going this year. One of the reasons I decided to go was there was actually a couple writing panels like with authors and publishers and whatnot like giving advice so i sat down for a few of those like some world building stuff the best one was uh keeping the science and science fiction about you know writing a science fiction story but making sure it's actually relevant to the real world and the panelists were peter david who writes comics you know x factor spider-man a whole bunch of stuff there and he also does He's done like 100 Star Trek novels, as well as Timothy Zahn, who's done dozens upon dozens of Star Wars novels. So it was cool just like hearing the two of them talk about, you know, how to actually write good science fiction. And then it was like a half hour of them just ragging on other movies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was another cool panel, uh, Marvel Comics in the 80s. Had uh, it was Alan Fingerman, Peter David, Bob McCloud, basically a bunch of guys that were at Marvel in the 80s just talking about how the business was different then. And God, was it different. Peter David was talking about one of the editors came into his office because this was when he was still working in sales. He wasn't even a writer yet, complaining that Doctor Strange was about to get canceled because it was only selling 150,000 copies a month. Times have changed. Yeah, just a bit. So it was 
And it was then like, most of it was just the, the five of them crapping on Jim Shooter. <laughs> that, you know, he came in, made a lot of great changes, and then just micromanaged the company to death. Uh, one of the ones that actually I was really happy was is that the actual publishers are finally starting to get more of a presence at Supercon. I said for years it was really mainly like an anime convention with a little bit of comics, and the comic side has been growing steadily. So now, like, there's actual – I said there was a ac- couple actual Marvel panels with, you know, nobody huge from Marvel, but, you know, whoever happened to be there. Uh, DC had their own panel that I didn't go to. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Valiant had a huge booth there. And they had a panel that I checked out where they're talking about their Valiant Firsts. I think that's what they're calling it. Basically, starting in this past May and running through the end of the year, it's basically Marvel Now. Every month they're releasing a new number one issue. But then hearing them describe it, you know, they're not flooding the market. Some of them are just mini series or like by the end of the year, there's only going to be nine Valiant monthly comics. So they're, they're putting out new stuff. And just hearing them talking about you know, their business and their approach to how they're doing things. Every question they were asked, the answer was the story comes first. The character comes first. Like they've been working really hard over the past two years to take a lot of these nineties concepts and update them for the modern audience. And that's why, because I've tried to read a lot of their stuff and a lot of it was just a little too nineties for my tastes, but just hearing the passion they have for crafting good stories that I really want to see them do well because while a lot of their stuff might not be for me, they're going about it the right way. And the stuff that they are putting out that I do like, you know, Archer and Armstrong, Quantum and Woody, uh, Eternal Warrior, that stuff has been really good. So it's great to see a smaller publisher that's just really doing things the right way. And I, after that panel, I was just very impressed with the way they're operating their company. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. Anything else? Um, I think that about covers the... At least the comic-related stuff. There was all kinds of other shenanigans. We're not talking about robots and freaking things like that. No. <laughs> you don't send me a body pillow. We're not talking about robots. <laughs> all right. The discussion for the week is the Serenity miniseries that just wrapped up. And oh, that one was called... Sorry. I almost did buy you a Captain Tight Pants t-shirt, though. <laughs> but they wanted mean? $25 for almost. that. So I would have paid you back. Are you kidding me? I figured me? if I had bought you a $25 t-shirt, you would have laughed at me. I would not. I would have paid you back for that. The inside joke there, folks, is the um, for, for anybody who's a gamer, Wildstar came out not that long ago. And Wildstar is essentially Firefly meets Pixar. And it's glorious. <laughs> it's a space cowboy western kind of story. It is just phenomenal and so i created a character whom i named captain tight pants after mal in serenity of course and i created a guild and i named it big damn heroes inc and uh, shout out to all my peeps we're doing fantastic having a blast so that's where that comes from i would have paid you back without a doubt that would have been freaking awesome giving me something to wear whenever we're playing All right, getting back to the miniseries. So the miniseries is called Leaves on the Wind, and it's written by Zach Whedon, who's Joss's brother, and the executive producer on it is Joss Whedon. Now, we've talked about Serenity Comics in the past and how the Whedons are involved, and what you're getting is actual canon. So for those who have been 
everybody so utterly disappointed that the series has died and that there's only been one movie. Well, the stories are there. You just need to look in the comic books to find them. So I will link in the show notes the prior episode that we did that covered a lot of the prior um, miniseries and trade uh, paperbacks because they were they're worth reading and they really give you a lot of backstory. This one is very interesting because it's essentially right after the movie Serenity ended. Well, not right right away. We're talking eight nine months, which is apparent because Zoe's pregnant and giving birth right at the beginning of the story. So you're looking at something that is giving us that closure that we, we wanted. And also because there were so many things left up in the air that we wondered after serenity, what would happen and what happened to these characters and whatnot. You can't just broadcast to everyone that the Alliance are the ones who are responsible for the Reavers and things like that. And then leave it at that. We're going to wonder, okay, what's going to happen. And here's where that story begins. So like I said, story, the script is from Zach Whedon. The art is from George Gianti. Did he do the art for all of them? That I did not check actually. I don't know. That's your job. This I be, yeah. Isn't it though? <laughs> One would think that I would be prepared for this, but uh, I figured it was. Yeah. See, he did them all because the art was so similar in all of them. The art, see, this is one of those things like the other ones that we've talked about for um, Serenity, as well as other comics that are based on known IPs. I always prefer it when there's just a slight similarity and that's it. Don't try to make it exactly like the the actual actors, because then A, it's taken the artist a hell of a lot longer get it done but also it it never really comes out perfectly just make them look somewhat similar i mean they go all out on the covers which are stunning as hell but uh but the actual art inside is is its own style and i i really dug it i liked it yeah you're never going to replicate an actual human being yeah so at least not consistently so the story here does begin with again eight or nine months after the ending of Serenity and Wash obviously is no longer there and you're feeling that loss. You're you're you you see it everywhere. River is now the pilot and Zoe is having a very hard time coming to grips with the impending birth, having to raise this child in this madness that is now the verse and to do it all by herself. So even though she's part Zoe's of the crew, not the only one still coming to grips with the loss of wash. Everybody. <laughs> and that's why I, the, the scene they put in there right before she goes into labor, I was like, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. The scene of course is she has vision and she sees the event of his death in the movie. And it is, it's for people who are real fans of the IP, not just, you know, oh, it was all right. We're like, no, no, you people don't count. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> no, really? The, the, the people who live and breathe this, even just this one page, you're like, oh, wash. 
Uh, I, I also really like the scene where River puts her, her ear to Zoe's belly and it's like she hears the universe <laughs> and it fits. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and you find out also that uh, Malin and Nara are finally knocking boots. So that... Finally. About, about damn time. No more moonlighting that shit. Damn it. All right. Anyways. So... The problem here is that there are complications with the birth. So Simon takes care of delivering the baby and the baby is happy and healthy, but there's a problem with Zoe and immediately they realize she's going to have to be taken to some sort of outpost that has a hospital so that she can be taken care of there. But that of course will mean that it, they'll alert the Alliance and they will come looking for Mal and crew because you see right at the, the very very beginning of the issue you see the effects of having broadcast that that um, that information because they're the alliance is working really hard to paint uh, Mal and his crew as terrorists and liars and fabricating all of this while there's of course the other component of people who believe it. So it created a massive divide, but what it did do is put a hell of a lot more pressure on the Alliance to capture Mal and his crew. And of course they're hiding. The crew is, of course you find out later on missing, not just those who died in serenity, but Jane is gone as well. He decided that he was too much of a man to be hiding and he didn't have any respect for Mal for, for doing that. So he just went off on, his own and he does appear at the end. Now, the other thing that's going on at the same time here is that those people who did believe the recording that was played see Mal and his crew as heroes and they actually create this very strong resistance borderline cult. <laughs> <laughs> where they want to do whatever they can to not just help Mal, but fight this oppression from from the Alliance. Those are pretty much the only balls in the air. So there's there's quite a bit happening, but again, Zach Whedon does a very good job handling all those. Throughout the six issues, there's a few parts where the pacing was a little off, I felt, but overall it was phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think this would have been served a lot better as just, you know, like an ongoing series and given some of the the smaller stories that kind of wrapped up a little too quickly in my eyes, time to actually breathe. Like it's like he had a checklist of the amount of things he needed to get through in six issues and their, you know, hundred and twenty pages wasn't quite enough for everything he wanted to do. And I agree. I'm I'm really hoping that this sold enough and that other things have sold enough that maybe it will create enough interest that, you know, we'll get a regular series. The Dark Horse, I mean, if Dark Horse can publish a freaking Buffy series still, then there, I see no reason why we can't get regular Serenity series. Now, the, the only thing, of course, would be the Whedon Brothers being able to consistently come up with canon material that they can they can do this. I, I've, I've faith that they could if they really wanted to. Of course, they have a lot of other projects that they work on as well. So who knows? I, I don't know how I'd feel about it being given to somebody else. It would certainly have to be someone that obviously they would trust with the IP, but somebody that would do a really good job with it. 
It definitely feels like by the time we get to the end of this miniseries, they've really set themselves up. Like, okay, we've tied up all of our loose plot threads, we've introduced some new characters, and there's room to grow going forward. Not just introduce new characters, but to the point of even putting those characters, some of them, on Serenity with the crew. So you're setting up new crew members as well, which leads me to believe that, yeah, we are definitely going to be seeing some more. And what I like about that is that it's allowing the series to grow because for us, a lot of what we've read so far, while phenomenal, has still been a lot of things, you know, adventures before in the past, before the events of Serenity. Some of them were after, but not too much and nothing groundbreaking and changing. Whereas this really was an extension. This could have been a TV little event or it could have been a movie kind of thing that progressed the series, the the IP forward. So for, for me looking at this, again, when you see especially the new crew that's set up, whether they stay or not, that's another matter, but they could be added. That that shows growth. Yeah, you've lost some, but you've gained some of as well. And let's let's hear their stories now. At the very least, it gives them some more people to kill off. There is that. There is that. Although, good luck killing off that other river. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen. So, yeah, this... I, yeah, my, my jaw dropped when the doctor opened up that door. <laughs> you know what it made me think of? You probably thought the same thing. Jack from Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Even kind of looks like her, obviously, with bald head. But, uh, but yeah, she, she struck me very much as a... An insane Jack. Sidebar, one of the, the best cosplays I saw this weekend was a Jack. Oh, really? She had the entire, like, bodysuit for the tattoos, and she actually shaved her head. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> well, you'd have to. Like, it, was, awesome. it was impressive. That's dedication. Um, some very, very good moments in this six-issue miniseries. Um, Kaylee whacking out the assassin with a big freaking wrench. That was awesome. See, that's a, that, that, that was also one of my problems, though. Like, I don't know. They kind of made Early look like a chump. Well, not really. He took everybody else out. He just missed yeah, her. I don't know. The, the way they portrayed him in the series, I don't think he would have made that mistake. Yeah, he made some mistakes in the series, so it kind of makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> you just like him too much. <laughs> he should have been more menacing. <laughs> I think taking out everybody that, else. That's one of those things that, you know, that alone should have been two or three issues. Uh, there's there's a lot that could have been done, yeah. But, I mean, apparently he's going to be able to redeem himself. <laughs> <laughs> turn him into Deathlock. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> See, that's the thing, too, with uh, like Zoe being taken to that prison planet. That was another thing that I thought... We needed a lot more of mm-hmm. her time there and and what happened because that, that would have been a season of the TV show. Yeah, that can't be just a, oh, in passing. Guess what? She's on this prison planet and she's turning into this freaking badass. No, 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 no. We need a hell of a lot more there. <laughs> and as well with the female villain here too. That you see at the end when she's about to attack and uh, what's his face says, no, 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 don't, don't fight her. 
know. Yeah, that, she, that was that was eye opening. We need a lot more of that. <laughs> yeah, that that was one of those. Oh, what what is up with this? Because if the operative is scared, something yeah, something's up. really wrong. <laughs> so and then, of course, we find it at the end, and it all makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's the thing. We, oh, man, there is so much more that we need to see, and I do like that it was left open, and that it's we we hopefully will see another, whether it's a mini series or an ongoing series or something. I I can't stress this enough, folks. If you are fans of the IP, read these. They're really well written. They're fun to read as well. Plus, the characters always remain true to who they are, in my opinion. You might have issues with, you know, early being taken out a little too easily, but I felt it fit. And the stories are fun to read as well. And the other important thing is, is that when they are looking at whether or not they're going to do a, an ongoing series or another mini series, they do look at the sales. So if you want to see more of these, please pick these up. All right, any closing thoughts? No, I think you uh, wrapped it up quite succinctly. Okay, let's talk about what we're reading. Now, some of these are going to be from last week. <laughs> some are going to be from this week. Is, is there anything you didn't list? Yeah, I know, I, I put all mine in, and I wanted to add even more. <laughs> and then I said, nah. Hey, I left it open for your freaking heroes for hire or whoever else you want to put in there that I don't care about. And some of them I figured I'd be fast anyways. And that if you had a lot to say, you could put your two cents in anyways. Have you completely given up on all new X or ultimates? Yeah. Okay. Number four was stupid fan service bullshit right from the cover onward. This is where I now officially kind of say, okay, I was willing to give you guys one more shot and hope for the best. And no, no, that's not going to happen. This is the four female characters going to the beach wearing bikinis kind of fan service. A terrible story. Weird ass drawing. Terrible. Genke looks so weird in this. The um, it, It's beginning to end terrible. I hated it. I just hated it. I said issue three was the, the, the line for me. Yeah. I was willing to give them one more shot essentially and see whether it could get better and uh, the, the answer is no so yeah uh amazing spider-man are you caught up i i know i read issue three but honestly at the moment for the life of me i can't remember what happened <laughs> that's the one with black cat where she's attacking right i remember black cool. cat and i i'm blanking and then the the fire and he's meeting up with the working with the fire dude that's dating mary jane right, and whatnot right, right. um the the interactions between he and black cat were fantastic because he had to fake oh yeah that, he that was, was back. that was great <laughs> and uh and so yeah and then uh yeah so it's just I, a solid all-around issue. Yeah, all-around, fantastic. Nothing amazing like like we saw at the, the first couple issues. So. Exactly. So I'm hoping it's going to pick up a little bit more. But uh, but it was still good. Sticking with uh, Spider-Man, you uh, caught up with the um, Ultimate? Yes. Spider-Man. So that has been, wow. Um, issues uh, three and four, actually. Two and three, I should say, where I... <laughs> The hell's going on with Peter there? Because he's, <laughs> there's so much going on right now. He, he's quite the dick in in this. <laughs> he is not a nice person 
Which leads me to believe maybe it is a clone, like they're saying. It's got to be a clone. I don't know. But I then, will hate Bendis if it's not a clone. But then you've got freaking... Yeah, really. you got Osborne. If yeah. Osborne isn't a clone, then Peter's probably not a clone. You don't know. I don't know. But it was freaking coolish. I'm sure we'll find out in 17 more issues. Yes. <laughs> Agent Chan getting her face melted off. <laughs> as mean and terrible as that is, talk about an amazing visual. I was and like, I love oh how my he's God. writing Ultimate Maria Hill the same way he does regular Maria yeah. Hill. <laughs> yeah, this was this was a hell of a setup, is what it was. Like with the exact same location as where Osborne killed the original Spider Man. That was Really cool. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm, I'm really waiting for the payoff, but I know Bendis, and especially the way he paces Ultimate Spider-Man, it's going to be a wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you read the last two? Yes. Still love it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, and I, I like that we had basically a self-contained issue because there's been so much of the, the larger stuff going on. Just the hilarity of like the undersea base and the way Tony was acting. I loved it. I, I did as well. And I'm trying to quickly find what was a two panel spread with Poi over this one? Wasn't oh. it like an octopus or some damn thing? Yeah, yeah, it was the Kraken or something. I gotta find it. I'll take out the pause. And the freaking dude with the uh, the shark head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, there it is. Yes. Yeah, the 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 freaking Quacken. That's what it was. The 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 duck octopus hybrid thing. This is like becoming like, this is the reason why each issue is like late <laughs> a week or two. This. Every well, issue here's now. what happens. Layman writes the script, realize he only has like 19 pages and then goes, crap. <laughs> All right. In the middle, two page Poyo spread. Um, Invincible. <sighs> what the hell is that? It's not that I don't like what they're doing. I'm just upset that they're they're ignoring what happened in 110. Oh, yeah. I haven't forgotten that. But it would appear that it is completely being ignored. I I have no faith that this is going to be now, now, granted, careful. this isn't the first time Kirkman has done that and, like, set a plot point and then forgotten about it for 20-some-odd issues for only for it to come back up again. But this was an issue that kind of deserves better. Now, that being said... And this may get some people upset with me, and I'm I'm fine with that. I neither one of us has ever hidden our hatred of when writers take such issues um, lightly. So, if anybody's doubting, I do not. And just because it's a man versus a woman, I do not take it lightly at all. Trust me on this one. That said, in this regard. Only because of everything that's also happening from a story standpoint, I can see why there's just no time to stop and reflect on this, cry about it, talk to anybody about it, because there is so much madness going on that in real life, if you were going through something equivalent for us, that is that much madness, you wouldn't have time to break down. It's once the madness settles down that you do. So 
as it's pertaining to the writing, that's the only reason why I'm letting it go for now and I'm all right with moving forward with the story. Because this last issue was actually really good. It was <laughs> the phenomenal. Stuff with the robot and Monster Girl. I was. It was. It it, it was. Uh, it, oh my god! <laughs> it was so well handled and moving and touching. And when you're playing with those again, those those dynamics of when Monster's in his male form and he's giving a kiss goodbye and he's crying and then <laughs> shooting him out the airlock. I mean, it was so well done. Uh, next up, Wolverine is peeps. You're you reading still that? that? I not for much longer. It wasn't terrible. It's just not worth my time. Honestly, it's there's I'll, worse comics out there. I'll go you one further. I point blank don't like most of everything that's happening in here. I. I'm very, very close to the point where, and the only reason why I'm still reading is because of how it's tying in with some of the other stuff that's going on and stuff that we've been reading for so long with the Kid Apocalypse thing. Mm -hmm. So that's the only reason why I, I do want to be seeing what the resolution to some of those things are. But if they're not going to come for another 20 issues and we have to deal with this kind of crap for 20 issues, then I'm not going to be reading it. So that said, Wolverine as well with Three Months to Die. I haven't read the latest one, but I did go back and read the uh, the first part of the Three Months to Die. What did you yeah, think yeah. of it? it? It was pretty fun. Like it wasn't amazing, but it was better than any Wolverine solo story I've read in a long time. And I thought it was humorous that it had more kung fu than the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu does. Yes. Sadly, it lost a lot of its steam for me in the second part. Than in that first one I told you to read. So when you read the second Thanks. one, it's like, ah, great. Plus, they screwed up. <laughs> He's got a freaking tattoo. They've already established because of his heel He cannot get a tattoo. <laughs> and yet he's... Even if we're to forget to the fact that the tattoo would heal itself away a little too quickly, how many times has he lost an arm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had all of his flesh burned off. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a tattoo on his uh, right just shoulder. Stop by the shop every week. Yeah, really get it touched up. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I it was funny because I was reading this, and it, you could tell that the writer either a didn't know this hadn't now. Did they say up. he's had the tattoo for a long time? It's not really specified, but it's one because he, he has lost his healing factor. He did say, "I didn't know why I got this done until now," and and it's a freaking rose mm. on his shoulder. So it's cheating. It's big, big, big time cheating. Mm. So yeah, I thought that was stupid. Oh, another moment. Actually, going back to Ultimate uh, <laughs> Spider Man <laughs> when. In the last issue, when he's in the, uh, they're 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 in the police station, and there's the guy dressed as Captain uh, Marvel, saying all the universes are colliding, we're all doomed. <laughs> you do you do realize he's been a recurring character over the last two hundred issues, right? No, I didn't know that. Every time Bendis actually posted like all of the screen caps of it on his Twitter no a while back. Yeah, every time they're in the police station, he's there. Dressed as a different superhero, yelling about something that's going on in the regular Marvel universe. Oh damn! Okay, I need to find that 
Tumblr page. If you have it handy, let it, me know. It was, me. it was like months ago. So I'll, I'll, I'll find good it. Good luck anyways. finding it. I will find it because that's freaking awesome. I laughed when I saw that. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's freaking awesome. Okay, there was one more I was going to do. Damn it. Where is it? I guess I could let you talk about some comics then. Uh, you will? Yeah, why not? How kind of you. <laughs> no, right. I'm doing oh. one more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something you're reading, so it doesn't matter. But. If I'm not reading, it must not matter. Yeah. Well, it's DC. That's why. Uh, it definitely doesn't. Injustice. Mm-hmm. I know that this is one of the few that I have been talking about since our little band. Um, but. This is still amazing. Taylor is does such a phenomenal job with characters and with believable storylines. We've talked about this a lot, whether it's with DC or with uh, Marvel, when they're having big events and you're sitting there saying, this wouldn't happen. I mean, just look at Original Sin last episode and I was saying how it feels forced and these team-ups just make no sense. You wouldn't see them together like this. It's ridiculous and stupid. Meanwhile, Taylor is putting together freaking Black Canary and Harley Quinn, and it makes sense. At this point now, because of everything that's been happening, the line is blurring for superhero and villain, and you're getting Superman working with, you know, Sinestro, and now we're seeing more of the other characters and what's what's happening in the fallout and whatnot and with ollie dead and having spent that time with with harley black canary walks into the the quiver which they made that joke again and uh and finds harley there and they start fighting and then something happens and they actually start talking but throughout it all it makes sense the the, the characters the situations everything and i mean that's saying a lot when you're looking at the the stupidity of some of what happens on on the screen you're looking at it going oh come on <laughs> but it makes sense and the characters and how they relate to each other makes sense so it, it goes to prove that in the hands of a talented writer who understands the characters and their motivations and things like that you can have situations that are just as out there and what you would think is un- unreasonable, but make it make sense as opposed to, again, going back to original sin, which I still think is freaking idiotic. See, it's funny you should mention that because I actually saw uh, somebody had posted a couple uh, screen caps of that Harley and uh, Black Canary conversation. Right. And I was like, OK, yeah, that was pretty good. But the entire time I was distracted at how hilariously bad it is that they're essentially forced to draw Harley and the god-awful costume that NetherRealm designed for her in the video game. Because this is still essentially a tie-in to the video game, and they're beholden to those terrible costumes. The, my one problem with this is with the art. Um, not the really just the art. never been spectacular on that the, the, I shouldn't say that. The art is good. The character designs... And their costumes is not. I mean, the ass shot of Black Canary is literally grown worthy. And then Harley is literally running around in panties, frilly panties. Uh, it's, it's, that is the only part where you're like, oh God, come on, 
when are we going to grow up about this? But apparently we're not. As long as the people that make Mortal Kombat are designing the costumes, we're never going to grow out of that. So that's why I was only talking about the writing because I feel the writing pulls it through anyway. Yeah, I said that what I saw of that conversation admittedly was very well done. Yeah, it was. Okay, now you can talk. Okay. Uh, last, I think it was last episode I was talking about New Avengers, about the whole thing with the, the fake Justice League. And then yeah. issue 20 came out week before last was the, the fight did not disappoint. Oh, my God. The Avengers got their asses kicked. <laughs> <laughs> and at, I'm not going to ruin it, but at the end there's – a big plot twist that on one hand comes out of nowhere, but not entirely like we've seen like building to this and damn, <laughs> I got to get caught up on those. Is that it, it was such a slow start. Like I almost lost my patience, but the last eight or 10 issues have been damn good, but it also ties in with the new Avengers annual that came out on the same day, which did the bet this backstory for what's been going on with Dr. Strange. Cause Dr. Strange has been delving into the dark arts a bit too much. And this made me wish we had a monthly Dr. Strange series because the artwork was great, like really creative panel layouts. Basically it looked like a comic book about magic should look, you know, weird panels. Things are kind of askew. Like it just looked, a perfect fit for Doctor Strange and seeing what we've been seeing from Marvel lately with them doing these kind of awkward, I don't want to say awkward but offbeat series like Black Widow, Elektra, Hawkeye really makes me hope we're going to get a Doctor Strange series some point soon. Well, why don't we? It would sell at least 150000 Because the movie's not coming out for another year and a half. 150000 a month though. Come on. It's worth it. And it got cancelled. Do they want to? No, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Smart enough, guys. <laughs> And have you been keeping up with X Force? Not at all. Ironically, you I looked at the last one. Missing out, man. Oh, okay, because I wasn't crazy about the first ones, the reboot at all. That's the, the okay. Hold on, let me c- clarify. Is that the one again that was the the essentially Google took over, or is that no? That's X Factor. X Factor. Okay, what's going on in X Force? I can't remember. X-Force is uh, Cable's new team with oh, Mario. Oh, right, 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 right. I, remember, I remember we covered the first issue yeah. and you liked it. Yeah, okay. Well, I've... Yeah. Dude, there's so many Courier has just been going off with these characters. In six issues, he's given incredible character development, kind of to Cable, but Cable's irrelevant. Psylocke's gotten stuff. Fant- what he's done with Phantom X is amazing. Mero has... God, that girl's been through some stuff. The new character they've introduced, Mame. I love her. She's hilarious. <laughs> and it's in six issues. The What he's done is just mind-blowing. That is really, really great comics. Cool. The art's been pretty inconsistent, though. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the art overall. Okay. Is that it? You 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 had enough, and I'm I'm behind on reading, so <laughs> that's all I got. That's because we're getting ready for the next couple of episodes. Jeez. Next couple folks are going to be pretty freaking action-packed. All right. New releases for the week. We are looking at 100th Anniversary Special Spider-Man number one, all-new X-Men 29, Amazing Spider-Man 1.3, Amazing X-Men number nine, Captain Marvel number five, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu number three of four, Nightcrawler number four, Original Sin 5.1. I almost didn't put that in. Spider-Man 2099. Yeah, I don't either. Spider-Man 2099 number one. That I'm looking forward to reading. Superior Again, foe. Funny sidebar. What's that? 
the uh, the Marvel in the eighties panel when Peter David introduced himself. He's like, yeah, in the eighties, I wrote X Factor and Spider Man twenty ninety nine, and these days I'm writing X Factor and <laughs> Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Awesome. Uh, Superior Spider Man, or no, Superior Foes of Spider Man number thirteen, United States of Murder Inc. number three, and Wolverine number ten. And on the image side, we've got a couple of new series: Death Vigil number one of eight and Spread number one. So if you want to try out some new stuff, they looked interesting actually. I have no idea what either one of those are about, but everybody's been talking about them today. I kind of looked into it a bit there, and I thought, okay, well, I'll make sure to read them and probably talk about them in uh, what we're reading. So with that, we are going to wrap it up for this episode. Thanks for listening. Next week, we've got a fantastic interview with the writer of a series that I talked about last week. So this is going to be a lot of fun. And then the week after that, what I can only imagine is going to be a very long, very freaking awesome episode <laughs> i'm almost caught up on all of those so that About should time. be awesome shut up dude all right that's it we're <laughs> done go to commonbookinformer.com leave us some comments and on twitter at cbinformer talk to you guys later